Welcome to the Bentonville Beacon, where we bring you success stories from business leaders and owners about their triumph and growth in the Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas community. You'll hear about how Bentonville has been the backdrop for incredible growth, not only for businesses and their employees, but in their personal lives. In season two, we're highlighting Bentonville's thriving and growing mobility sector, where we're pushing boundaries and making history. Get ready to hear about everything from bikes to aerobatic planes to drones, air taxis, flying cars, and a whole lot more. Tune in, subscribe, and enjoy hearing about Bentonville, where you get more of what you want and less of what you don't. Welcome back to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast. I'm your host, James Bell, and in season two, we're talking about Bentonville's leadership in the mobility industry. That's everything from one wheels to bikes, flying cars, air taxis, drones, you name it. And I'm thrilled to have in the studio today, Rob Mailer, who is the founder and lead tech for Naz T's Float Shop here in Bentonville. Yeah. Rob, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. Yeah. So first question is really easy. Tell us about uh, you and how you got into One Wheels, where that passion comes from. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, personally, my wife and I, we live here in Bentonville. We got three kids, uh, 17-year-old, and then two littles, seven and eight, and they wheel too uh, with us. So uh, I moved into the area in fifth grade, so about 20 years ago, a couple decades. Um, my wife is born and raised here in Bentonville, met her uh, my last house before the wedding house. So uh, been a great journey in Benville, seeing all the growth in NWA, started in Fayetteville and, and going out. Uh, how I got into one wheeling is is pretty, uh, it may be just a normal story. I was doing some of the remote work uh, during COVID. So I was sitting at home, typing, 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 doing what I needed to do. Saw an ad for a one wheel and I just thought this thing looks interesting. Um, got the go ahead from the big boss lady and uh, bought one. Uh, as soon as I got one, it it basically filled all of those checks that I thought it was going to, it, it was just amazing. It was great. I couldn't get off of it. Um, but you know, I guess, I don't know if it's like any male or nerd in general, but I had to do something else to it. I had to tinker with it, wanted to make it mine. Uh, so I wanted to do a tire change. No one does tire changes hmm. on one wheels around here. It was just too new. Uh, it's a tubeless tire. So it's not something that like a fat tire bike shop or anything like that would work on uh, traditionally. Um, so I did some research and looked around and there weren't any shops to work on PEVs in general, not just a one wheel, but a, a one wheel, an e-bike, an EUC, any of those, you know, electric mobility devices you guys see around, there wasn't anyone to work on them. So I thought, you know, maybe with some tinkering background that I had, we'd open a shop and, and see how it went. And that's really how Nasty's Flow Shop was born. I was, I was going to name it, uh, one wheel NWA after our Facebook page, but you know, some trademarking and, and sensitivity to that. I, I changed it to my gamer tag from high school when I was uh, doing some Xbox Halo one playing online. Uh, Nasty Rob was my gamer tag. So Nasty's float shop came to be. Oh, very nice, man. Hey, you know, the best businesses are born out of uh, personal need. I think it's really cool so, that you yeah. got started during the, uh, the, the pandemic too. Definitely. Uh, yeah. It, and that was, that was part of the challenge was not a lot of folks. I mean, everyone wanted to get out, but not a mm -hmm. lot of folks were getting out. And, and we found a, a small community of folks that were feeling the same way. And we got a community going and there was already somewhat of a community in the greater NWA area. So 
giving everyone an avenue to not only fix their stuff uh, a lot quicker, but to also have some more people to hang out with, ride with. Man, that's awesome. So, yeah, tell us more about Nasty's Float Shop. What are you up to? What are your services that you provide? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we primarily are focusing right now on rentals. So we want to get everyone on the on a board. Like our mission has been from the get-go, outside of service repair, like we want to get you going if your stuff breaks. But I also want to get everybody on a wheel. Like you got to try it eventually. It's like nothing else you've ever felt. And so we do things like uh, First Friday, where we'll go out and just demo the boards. Just mm-hmm. let people try them for free. Um, we pop up at different places like uh, Elm Tree Elementary, kind of by where our home base and where we got started is. Um, we'll just pop up in the parking lot and invite people to come and try it out if they want to try it. Um, obviously, it's a pretty big conversation piece to begin with. So uh, we are the ones that'll probably stop if you wave us down on the side of the road and show you how to do it in a quick tutorial. So rentals has been a big one for us, but then also service. Uh, a lot of the service uh, companies, the OEMs right now, they like you to send it back to mm-hmm. them. And so there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of options for a consumer to get floating again really quickly. And we offer that service, anything from like a battery repair to a tire change, we can do all of that. Uh, and it's not just one wheels, it's, it's PEV. So any personal electric vehicle, um, your e-bikes that you see coming out, uh, we can work on those types of uh, electric assist motors, the electric unicycles, mm-hmm. which are kind of, I would compare it, you know, I, like if one wheel is a snowboard, the EUC is the skiing version of nice. that. Um, equally extreme, equally crazy, depending on who's on it. Um, but yeah, we we specialize in anything that's personal electric vehicle repair or customization or upgrade. Or if you have a crazy idea and you want to see if it'll work, we may have for you. <laughs> Oh, very cool. Yeah, we had, uh, we've talked even electric unicycles on this show. Uh, We'll come back to that because I do want to ask something about that uh, here in a little bit. What does it cost to rent a uh, a one wheel? Oh, they're pretty reasonable for a full day. You're looking at about $74.99. And that that comes with training too. And the the training right officially, you have to say, oh, we'll give you 30 minutes of training. We will give you as much training as you need uh, to be comfortable. We don't let you go out unless you're doing it. Uh, but then we have group rates available too. So, I mean, you start getting into the discounts. Um, that And so seventy four ninety nine is for a full day, eight hour rental, or like an overnight rental if you want to get one later in the evening and just kind of keep it till the next yeah. day. Night riding is really fun around here just because you beat the heat a little bit. Mm-hmm. And some of these smooth trails are just awesome at night. The Arkansas has a way with the, just the bugs and the harmony at night with the nature. Like I love getting out at night. Um, then you get into, you can do half day rentals, you can do group rates, stuff like that. And so it all starts to go down from there, but your base is about that $75. Yeah. I, I honestly, I don't know much of anything about one wheel, so I'm going to have to try it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen y'all around town. I've seen, in fact, I've seen y'all rolling through uh first r- Friday. It looks really cool. Uh, I'm going to have to check it out. Uh, can you tell me more about the, you mentioned the scene here when you got started, has it grown? How is it growing? What does that look like? It's it's growing at an alarming rate. <laughs> I guess, you know, just like Bentonville, true to Bentonville, uh, it's a newer growing sport in general around the U.S. Um, specifically here in Arkansas, I would say we have an exponential growth rate due to the abundance of trails, just the beautiful trails. Everywhere you look, there's construction for more, more access for bikes. More mm-hmm. folks are coming in to ride our bike trails. They're super smooth. They're super sendy. I mean, you can go out to Wonderland and some of the berms are just unbelievable. Yeah. 
Um, and so if you couple that with just someone that's looking to do something a little bit different and extreme, I mean, it really does become a mecca for people that want to come here and try it and do it. Um, locally, we've, we've uncovered, I mean, the, these folks were out here anyway, but we've started to connect people from Mountain Home, Fayetteville, Springdale, all the way to Bella Vista. We have riders that will float under our factory team name that are from all areas of Northwest Arkansas. And what really is awesome is these guys are also like the good old boys that will stop yeah. and show you the best trails. They, they say, this is my stomping ground. I want to show you around. Um, and so you can connect with us uh, at any time if you come in town or rent one and they'll link up with you and they'll go ride with you. They just want to ride. Um, and so they'll show you around town and the whole piece. So uh, the amount of growth that we've seen just with people, the number of one wheels that we've seen has been huge. Uh, but then he sees and, you know, all the bikes, everything, it's all starting to take off. Cool. I have to ask you, since you mentioned it, what's your factory team name? It's uh, the Nasty Crew, the NTC. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty easy. It I think is. I can remember that. <laughs> you know, right. I feel like Bentonville hosts an outsized number of festivals and events for a town of its yeah. size. And as I was doing background and getting ready to talk with you, I discovered a uh, float life fest, yep. which... I was totally unaware of. And it says float life, uh, what was it? Uh, I saw float life fest five. Has it always been here uh, in Bentonville? Well, so not always. Float okay. fest four uh, was the first time I believe it was here. And that was right around when we started getting started. We got started in June and float fest four came in September. So, I mean, it hit right after we yeah. had opened the shop. Um, there were, there was float fest three, two, and one in different locations around the U S those are still really big hotspots for some festivals that are annual. Mm -hmm. Um, but due to the nature of the trails due to, I would say the centralization, the location of Arkansas here in the Midwest, everyone travels here and it seemed like float fest. If they'll have us, we'll keep having it here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, float fest five is coming back and it, it is legitimately the biggest one wheel race in on the planet. I mean, it is huge. So many people come just to try it out. And that's, that's awesome. So it's September 21st through 25th. That's right. Uh, Kohler mountain bike preserve, right? Yep. Right in our and backyard. Complete with races. And it's pretty rad. I, I'm going to have to check it out. Um, you know, there's a, another event happening earlier in the month, mm -hmm. uh, amped electric games. I mentioned we'd come back to electric unicycles and it was born out out of a, a guy's love for electric unicycles. Are y'all connected with that uh, in any way or we do are. anything with them? Yes, yeah, Seth, uh, Seth doing the, he's hosting the electric yeah. or anti-electric games. It'll be at the uh, Benville Fairgrounds, September 2nd through the 4th. So a uh, shorter period for the festival, mm -hmm. um, equally packed with e extreme, just saw it sent. These guys will send it off of like, it looks like motocross ramps on these EUCs. Yeah. And I mean, they're talking world record bus jumps. They're everything. Um, there's going to be a lot of races, but there's also going to be a lot of family friendly and also kind of skill things. So mm -hmm. we try to make it not just everything is a hardcore racer. There's going to be balancing contests. Like, I mean, there may be kids, my seven-year-old can stand in one spot on a one wheel for as long as we'd ask him to. I can't do that wow. to save my life. Um, but that's, you know, another type of competitive outlet that we can really exploit, I think, to bring more people into the sport. And so, yeah, we're uh, very intimately connected, I would say, with Seth and them trying to set it up, show them around town, too. Uh, I mean, we're a lot of us are local here or we've 
moved in, I'd say in the last 10, 20 years, but at the core of us, I mean, there's like 80 years of NWA love coming from Nasty's Float Shop. Very nice. Well, you know, the first time I talked to Seth was sometime last year when he called me up. He's like, hey man, I want to do this thing. And I thought, what is that about? Yeah. I didn't even know electric <laughs> unicycles existed at the time. They're crazy. Um, it, it feels like we're really extending our, our moniker out more broadly now. I mean, we're the mountain biking capital of the world, but it sounds like anything's on one wheel yeah. <laughs> is um, is becoming a thing here. What's the possibility that we can become really the center of the universe for electric unicycles and uh, one wheels? I think uh, a lot of it'll be, you know, communication and keeping the communities close knit. Uh, I, I kind of compare it to when snowboarders started hitting the slopes and there was, you know, some of that friction with the skiers. Yeah. Um, you see some of that too, just like the hikers and the mountain bikers sharing the trails. Uh, we have to, we have certain trail etiquette things that we try to preach to our crew mm-hmm. uh, to make sure that there aren't incidents out on the trail, that it is truly a multi-use, multi-shared trail, um, and that everyone's respectful. Uh, that, that I think is going to be the key for us moving forward. We want to be sure that everyone's available on the trails. There's going to be aspects of if we go build one wheel trails that BMX bikers may want to ride on yeah. too. So we just say, let's make it open and available for everybody. But what are the chances? The chances are huge. I mean, I was in going by Crystal Bridges earlier and the construction over there, just yeah. they're putting in so many veins of just ability to go and have a good time out in nature here. And it truly is the natural state. We're just in this beautiful little corner of it. It, it, it is. Um, tell me about the, what was the hardest part of, or what has been the hardest part about building your business and what have you done about it? Yeah, I'd say uh, there's been a lot of, in, you need inventory in order to <laughs> sell the inventory, right? And so we've really built the float shop. It started out of a need to, to do the certain things, but then we needed to do certain things for others. Um, and so we really just kind of get paid for a service, go buy some inventory that might need to come type thing. And so our greatest challenge, I would say, is keeping inventory on hand uh, so that we can get it out to the customers fast enough. We've been blessed in the last uh, few months to have you know pretty steady influx of services coming in, especially when it gets hot. They start getting used more. They start breaking. Yeah. Um, we fix them. So even at a reasonable price, just the sheer volume has allowed us, I'd say, to keep a lot more inventory on hand, keep pumping stuff out the door. Uh, that keeps a lot of the customers really excited about new things that are coming out. We can get our hands on them. Um, and, and you know, other than that, I'd say just the awareness of where we are, uh, like true Amazon fashion. We yeah. started in my garage. People were coming to rent boards out of my garage. Uh, we have a, a brick and mortar now. So we're out of the garage and, and becoming more available and more out there, more, more available to the community to see us. Cool. Yeah, grudge businesses are just the best darn stories. <laughs> they are. <laughs> Hey, um, so you moved here in the fifth grade. Just curious, where'd you move here from? Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, Dad was a Proctor guy. So, you know, naturally we moved in here for uh, some of that Walmart Proctor and Gamble relationship. Uh, They're actually still down in uh, Tawnytown. My parents are. So they're still in the area. Um, And then I lived in Fayetteville for quite a while. Went to Shiloh, uh, Christian, then Springdale over there. And then Fayetteville High is where I graduated. I'm the oldest of four boys. Um, all my brothers have graduated around here. So, uh, went from Fayetteville and then I started working for Walmart myself. So, you know, moved up to the Bentonville area and that's where I met my wife. So it's the rest is history, as they say. Yeah. There's an awful lot of people who, uh, move here to work for P&G and other companies. And, uh, honestly, a lot of people I've talked with say they move here because they're 
going through sort of the corporate gauntlet and they're trying yeah. to climb the corporate ladder and then they get here and discover how amazing this place is and they just don't leave. That's right. Uh, or they come back. Yeah. My, my dad, my dad's corporate ladder took him to Utah and mm-hmm. they moved back. Mom, mom is like, we're coming back and, and here they are. They're planted here and she doesn't want to move anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. So uh, tell me in the last, say, 10 to 15 years, how have you seen Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas change? It, it's it's huge with population and diversity, I would say, has exploded. Um, I remember when we were in high school, when the exit 85 Malco went in and <laughs> we had never, I had never, I say we, right? The high school class of 2000 and for just 2004, we had no clue what stadium seating in a theater was. And wow. so it was like the best thing to be able to come. 30 minutes north to Benville, where none of us really had a reason to ever go up there. Um, and, and from there, it's, oh, now there's a mall. Oh, now there's a top golf. Oh, now there's this and that. Oh, and by the way, the trails are amazing. Now that you guys are old enough to actually have hobbies and then get out a little bit more, um, you can come ride the trails and you can do this and do that. So I would say just the sheer growth of who is in town, um, the diverse nature of of who is in town has been amazing, especially for just, I would say a small area. It's just the small pocket of NWA, uh, made up of four or five cities. Uh, one of the things that I've really liked seeing also is like the, uh, the Huntsville areas and the Lowell areas Mm -hmm. and them starting to boom too. You have the big Fayetteville, Springdale, Benville, Rogers, those four, um, but a lot of those ancillary towns are really starting to pick up too. I mean, Mudtown BMX is a pump track and yeah. hole. I mean, we love it out there too. Um, there's so much uh, growth happening, but it's all, it's all, it just seems natural. It seems positive. It doesn't seem forced. And I think that's part of what we take for granted around here. We're not really having to just pile it home. It just happens organically. Uh, you're, you're right. I mean, to give you an idea of like diversity and Bentonville in particular, since I know the stat for, for uh, Bentonville is you don't have a lot of people who have left, but 62% of the people who live in Bentonville were not born in the state of Arkansas, which yeah. is a remarkable number. It's <laughs> great. And they come from everywhere. I talk to people every day who are coming from California. People are coming from uh, Wisconsin, which yeah, seems strange to me until I realized they were coming here because they could only mountain bike four or five months of the year at best. And uh, uh, to, to really, you know, get quality mountain biking, then they were moving here uh, for that. But they're coming from, you know, from Florida, from all over. And um, we get a fair number of people who come from a lot of people who come from Dallas, a fair number of people who come from Austin. At first, that surprised me. It doesn't so much surprise me now, but, right. <laughs> but uh, it's remarkable um, the, to give the viewers an idea. Uh, Bentonville itself had 35,000 people uh, in the 2010 census. 64,000 in the 2020 census. And we're probably on pace to be at 60,000 or break 60,000 yeah. uh, this year. Uh, the The region has 570,000 people and will break a million by 2040. You but, can see it. I mean, it's, yeah. it's evident, especially, I mean, some of the rail, the, the roads that are getting, I mean, we go from a two lane to a six lane. We're not going two to four to six. <laughs> right. We're going all the way up to the big. I mean, it's, it's, booming. It's awesome around here. Yeah, we have right now available, by the way, if you're in the construction industry, <laughs> Bentonville alone has right now available to you $175 million of road projects and another $20 million of drainage projects. So come on, submit those bids. Yeah, we need it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so what are your favorite places uh, to float around here, your favorite trails and so on? 
Uh, Bella Vista is one of our favorites. Uh, the sporting, uh, sporting Arkansas soccer fields are out there and, and we do some volunteer time. My wife and I do, we coach out there, but, uh, right up around there is the Wonderland Trail. So Mad Hatter and, uh, Ace yeah. of Spades and some of those, those are going to be amazing. Um, but you, you can't really talk about Benville mountain bike trails without Slaughter Pen, Kohler Mountain right. Bike Preserve. Kohler will always have a special place in my art because our original shop in that garage I talked about is less than a mile from it. Wow. Um, so Thunderdome was one of the first tracks that I was training on. Um, it's also the dual track for Float Fest 4, maybe 5, uh, maybe Amped Electric Games. But uh, my favorite place is outside of immediately around here. When you go to Lowell, I mentioned mm-hmm. the NWA BMX track and then Lake Fayetteville. Um, nice. I have special memories of my dad and I jogging around Lake Fayetteville and biking around Lake Fayetteville. And uh, I think it was two years on Father's Day ago, uh, he rode his bike and I rode my one wheel around Lake yeah. Fayetteville. And, and that track is amazing, too. Love going off the dam on that other side. Nice. I'm starting to see a trend line here, but do you prefer uh, road or off-road? Off-road. Uh, yeah, for, for me, it's off-road. The concrete, to me, it's uh, the there's only one possible result if you were to crash on yeah. the concrete, uh, whereas I feel like I have maybe a little bit more chance if I'm off-road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, I, I can totally understand that. <laughs> uh, I'm assuming you're a bit of a, an adrenaline junkie. So uh, what? <laughs> yeah, what else do you like to do when you're not on your one wheel? Yeah, the uh, I mean, obviously, we're playing soccer. So a lot of sports stuff with the Mm -hmm. kids. Um, we get out to Colorado occasionally. I love getting on the snowboard. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. probably what I would equate uh, to. And then growing up in high school, we did a lot of the wakeboarding, skateboarding type stuff. So if, if it had a board, I'd like to try it type stuff. Um, I'd say future looking, uh, I'm really wanting to look at one of those electric e-foils. Uh, and go out to the lake. It's just got a jet on it. You stand on it and it's like an electric surfboard. I mean, floating on the water is truly floating. Uh, So we'll see. (laughs) That is wild. Well, we've got some big, beautiful lakes here. Um, You know, if you're you're looking at the middle of the country or between the Appalachians and the Rockies, it's it's really remarkable. This is the only place that has rugged mountains, steep cliffs, uh, beautiful lakes and rivers and streams, big, beautiful lakes, almost the I, I would, what, maybe two-thirds or three-fourths of the, the border between Arkansas and, and Missouri, Missouri, a few minutes north of us, is basically three giant lakes. It is, and they're beautiful uh, lakes. They yeah. are, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Bentonville is the mountain biking capital of the world. What does that mean to you? I mean, you know, mountain bike capital of the world means that we have the resources to make and maintain trails that are going to be at a competitive level to where... When we're training on our one wheels, we're almost training in the best scenario possible. There's every type of terrain that you can see in most of the other parts of the country where these big events are hosted um, that you can't find anywhere else or it's all in one place. Um, so you can go from, oh, the, in Florida, there's super smooth sandy trails. Well, mm-hmm. we have super, you go to Snowbird in Bella Vista. If you need a super chunky trail like they'd have in Utah or Wisconsin, go up to Bella Vista. They're all in Bella Vista. Um, and then Lake Fayetteville in itself, I mean, it's got smooth clay trails. It's got rock trails. You're going through the woods, the forest, over the roots. Um, so mountain bike capital of the world has every different level of terrain that you can train on in one confined place. And it's, I don't, I don't know that it is like that anywhere else. Yeah. Um, and then you add to that the business environment here, right? I mean, we're home to Fortune One, which yeah. you've mentioned earlier. We've got two other Fortune 500 sitting right on our doorstep, about 1,500, close to 1,500 
vendors uh, to Walmart across the couple of counties in the region. And yet, 98 plus percent of our businesses are still small businesses, yep. small, medium-sized uh, businesses. And uh, it makes this a, a amazing environment where you can come play, but you can also live. And because we have these three Fortune 500s, um, we've taken the time to really build toward quality of life and quality of place for the last 15 years, which really helped us out yeah, <laughs> during the pandemic because agree. we were positioned to take in all those people that wanted to leave places like yep. San Francisco and said, I'm done. I can't do this and I'm not going back, right? That's right. Uh, so that's really benefited us. But it also means having these companies here makes it an imperative that we continue to do this because that's how they stay competitive by getting the best employees in the world. That's right. And so, you know, to folks out there, I would say that we've got a track record of this thing happening and that's going to continue because it has to continue and you've got the folks, with the resources and, and the, the willpower to absolutely yeah. uh, do it. I feel like you're never stuck. You're, you're, you're never, there's always an, an avenue around here that you yeah. can try small business, corporate business that it's all available to you here. And it just, it's amazing. It is. Uh, what's the next three to five years look like for you, uh, Nasty's Float Shop? Uh, well, so yeah, we're dreaming big, I'd say for us. Uh, in the next uh, 12 months, we want to have like a Nasty Fest where we're hosting our own festival uh, yes. tournament. We have uh, a lot of folks lined up that have, I would say, some of the land, some of the resources to really bring in some folks and just bring in some more, uh, you know, I'd say economic growth to the area. Uh, we we're gonna mostly focus, I'd say, on some of those second tiers. The cities, not not the big four. Let's mm -hmm. go to Huntsville. Let's go to Pre Ridge and those types of places and showcase what they have to offer as well. But do it in a way that it's still a festival. It's still an event. It's still going to be a super hype, fun place to do. Um, so I'd say short term, that's it for us uh, in the three to five year range. I mean, I'm looking at having a one wheel wonderland, if you will. I'd like to have the three to three to seven acre plot where we have things like foam pits. I mean, if you look at motocross and how those motocross guys are training for the bigger, better things, they're doing it into foam pits or they're doing it in little private, uh, you know, little private, I would say just training environments, but we want to have training environments here that are open to the public. So you can come in if you want to learn how to do it and you want to see if it's what you want to do, let's do that. Why not? Um, and so, yeah, One Wheel Wonderland would be, I would say, my dream five-year plan down the road uh, for Nasty's Float Shop. I love it. That's a great, that's a great vision. And, you know, I don't think you could do it. Uh, of course you could. I don't think many people could do it in a lot of places. Right. You know, again, this is a place that's, that's just open to trying all these new things. And I don't know about you, but I found when I need help with something, if I barely mention it, about five people falling over themselves yeah. to to help me out, and they don't want anything back. They're just like, let's help you get started and get That's this right. thing going. It's yeah, the hand, uh, the hand up, not the handout, is certainly a mentality that I've seen here uh, with a lot of my mentors in small business. I mean, I I knew large business from my career path, but mm -hmm. small business was something I had very little experience in. And the amount of folks that have already been through the ringer that are willing to help you with the advice of pay it forward once you've made it. Yeah, I was talking with somebody in uh, Portland earlier today who's uh, bringing part of their operation here. And she said one of the things she noticed is uh, we were talking about what are we Southern? Are we Midwest? Are we Western? <laughs> what are we? And, and here's what we came up with. Uh, she, she led off with 
Um, really, we have that small town, southern feel of help out your neighbors. Mm-hmm. That's part of it. Then we have all the entrepreneurial spirit of the West and all the good sense of the Midwest. Oh, there you go. It's, it's like a perfect, uh, a perfect combination. What's something uh, so far that I should have asked you but have not asked? Oh, uh, I don't know. Let's see. How about uh, who? Who? How many folks are on our team? Some of yeah. that type of stuff, or, or what do we have going on uh, right now? Uh, I'd say right now, like as this morning, I was taking a nap before this uh, because we were up early this morning doing the One Wheel Underground, and the Underground is a racing circuit that's happening around the nation. Uh, and so each community, uh, Midwest, West, we were basically setting up segments on these mountain bike trails. And you get on a Strava app and you track your time and the people with the top times are qualifying to go to Las Vegas um, for the race for the rail, which is the largest one wheel race that we have in the nation. Um, and so that's live right now in Bentonville. If, if you rent a one wheel, you can legitimately race, participate in a nationwide underground race uh, to maybe get a ticket to go to Las Vegas and race against the best people in the world. Now that you mentioned it, I'm glad you said that because that is something I ran across when I was sort of doing background. (laughs) And I had to chuckle when I I think uh, on Strava that you're requiring people, though, to list yourself as a snowboard for it just because you can. Well, so (laughs) snowboard or ice skate. uh, We're trying to figure out what are the least likely things that people are going to be putting their Strava on, uh, especially around here. And then how do we not butt into, you know, like Float Fest because of Float Fest. Traditionally, if you see any segments that are ice skating in Strava, mm-hmm. ice skating is going to be a one wheel huh. um, or one wheel race. And so snowboard, I'd say, is a newer one that came out uh, specifically for the NWA area for our underground uh, Willorama. And it's going through September 30th. Um, and that, yeah, it's it, those are some of, I would say, the funnest, maybe technical, but I mean, we're talking green and blues, nothing that's yeah. sending you off a 40 foot cliff. But, uh, you know. Regardless of if you place in the top 10 or top three, I mean, getting your name on a list, I mean, that adds you to a community. We know who you are. We can reach out. And if you're ever just feeling bad, want to hang out with some folks that don't want anything other than your presence, you can come hang out. Man, that is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, if somebody wants to uh, reach you or, or find you, how do they do that? Uh, we are uh, online at onewheelnwa.com. Uh, Nasty's Float Shop is on Facebook and Instagram as well. Uh, and then you can call. Our numbers are on the websites. Uh, we're also at 3 McKessick Creek Center in uh, Bentonville there. So it's if you're heading towards... Uh, Lowe's on Walton right there. Yeah. You go under the new bypass that mm-hmm. they put in and we're right there on the left at the McKissick Creek Center. There's uh, white buildings there right before you get to Lowe's. Awesome. So uh, tell me a story uh, and call it a hashtag because Bentonville story. It could be a moment or something that's happened where you look at it and go, you know, that's hashtag because Bentonville. It could only happen here or it represents the uniqueness of this place. Yeah, I'd say the the greatest story that we had uh, would have been one where we thought we were in trouble. Uh, we were flying down the mountain bike trails uh, and we were doing some racing and, and that's all fine. And so every now and then you see a biker that's coming uphill on the downhill mm-hmm. and, and yada, yada. And everywhere else you go, just the friendliness of Bentonville is very apparent because it's not like that anywhere else. Yeah. And so we're flying down the trails. We see the guy on our bikes or on his bike. We move out of the way. We stop and slow down, and this guy was just jacked. He was he was yelling, but he wasn't yelling obscenities. He was yelling, that is the sweetest thing I'd ever, the explicit, explicit scene, scene. Like, 
he had the Southern charm of just uh, my grandpa, like just an old, good old boy, um, was just yelling at how cool it was that we were out there doing it. Just lit like, and we talked for probably 30 or 45 minutes. Um, as we were going back, one of our buddies literally said, like, I don't know that that would have happened anywhere else because we all see a bunch of stories of, oh, this biker stopped and said, oh, you're not allowed on the trails mm-hmm. and no motivate, you know, no motorized vehicles and stuff like that. And that's, you know, kind of we're sensitive to that. So, I mean, as soon as someone's yelling or anything, we all stop. We're trying to make sure everything's good. And just, he was just so jacked that we were on the trails and he thought it was so awesome. And it was just, he was so overly positive about us being there. It made me more excited to be out on the trails. And I really thought to myself, like, only Bentonville, only Bentonville, only NWA. Um, do people actually communicate like that? It's it's like nothing else in the world. Yeah, I mean, it really is an attitude of everybody's welcome. These trails are accessible to everybody, and everybody just wants to have fun. That's right. It's it, a it, great it dri- way to live. It drives life. us to give back too. I mean, yeah. we adopted Tweety Bird uh, up in Bella Vista, oh, yeah. one of those trails, just to keep it ADA and maintain it, and we're doing that because. We want to, and we're, I mean, we're accepted by the community. Being accepted as, you know, something that's fairly new, folks maybe not understanding it, but as long as we maintain, I would say, a nice, respectful relationship with the communities mm-hmm. at large, it's it's harmony. And it's, it's something that we want to maintain as we move forward. Excellent. So what's one of the most outrageous, ridiculous, craziest things you've ever done? And how has that affected you or changed you? Oh, man, let's see. Uh, One of the craziest things I think I've ever done was we were on a family vacation once and we were in Arizona and there's a mountain in Arizona called Snoopy Mountain. It legitimately Mm -hmm. looks like Snoopy sitting on his red doghouse. My brothers and I thought it a great idea to try to climb up Snoopy's legs. And we're talking a couple hundred feet up in the air. Uh Um, I'm the oldest of four. So I went up first. The other brothers stayed behind, but I got to the top of Snoopy's leg and quickly found that there's no way to get down. Um, the only way to get down would be to jump 20 feet from one foot to the other foot. Oh gosh. There's no ropes. There's no anything, but it was starting to get dark. Mom was started like the brothers were. So I legitimately jumped like the brothers just had convinced me, don't do it. Mom's going to kill us. But like, there's no other way down and we have to go. Um, so I faced my, my fear of like, you're probably going to die and just jumped. <laughs> and I went from Snoopy's left leg to Snoopy's right leg. And I landed it obviously, cause I'm here and we made it down. And that's one of those stories like you want to tell everybody, but you yeah. don't want to tell moms. Sorry, mom. Um, but yeah, we, uh, there may even be a video of that, <laughs> that, that had happened, but it, it showed me that, you know, even though it only looks like the platform may be a foot wide and that the likelihood of you surviving may be pretty low, like you got to jump for it and go for it. And I mean, it, it's something to, to this day, I, I was so scared, but I hit it and it was like just this huge relief, but then this huge proud moment of, oh, I was able to do this. We were able to knock it down, even though the odds were against us up against the wall. We can't succeed. Oh, man, that's great. Uh, yeah. So if there's video, we're going to need some B-roll. <laughs> need to get some of that. <laughs> That would be awesome. What is, last question, Eh, maybe, I might throw one more in. What's the most important thing you've learned this year? Uh, Focus on family and make sure that you have the the time balanced out. Um, I would say being a small business owner, you're always on. Um, So being always on is fine, but make sure that you're always on for the right people. has that that's been one of the lessons that I've been really trying to instill in myself because it's very easy for me to 
be working at a shop until mm-hmm. 12 or one and then get up the next morning, continue to go to work. And you feel like you're providing for your family, but your family may not be seeing you. And so I have found that even though you feel like you have tons of stuff that you need to knock out, get done, tasks that you need to do, the quality of time that you're able to spend with your family makes those tasks more worthwhile. Now, that is quality insight and advice and having run small businesses myself and startups. I know fully what you're saying. It is very easy just to be heads down, working on your thing. Like you said, go home, basically grab a quick bite and go to sleep (laughs) and get up early and do it again. And like you said, you feel like in that moment you're providing for your family. Right. But in fact, you're not seeing them. So there's exactly. that other part of providing for them that matters. So I, I'm glad you said that. So a good reminder. Uh, My folks. son will keep me in check on it. He's like, dad, listen, we need to go do something. You've been working all day, yada, yada. He's very upfront with me about it, but I asked him to be, uh, I need someone that's not going to beat around the bush. Let me know. Um, my wife does it. My daughter does it. My son does it. So, I mean, once the communication happens and I tried to not let that happen, that's been the biggest lessons. Keep, keep it at bay. That's really good. Okay. One last question. I haven't asked this in a few episodes, uh, but if you had a superpower and that superpower came with a limitation, what would it be? And I'll give you an example. Uh, My superpower would be, I'm a huge college sports fan. You pick the sport and I'm a fan of it probably. (laughs) Uh, And a huge Razorback fan. And so if I could grab my remote anytime I'm watching a Razorback football game, basketball game, whatever, and press a button, it would transport uh, transport me into uh, into the stadium. So that would be my superpower. The limit to my superpower would be that it would also transport in somebody not of my choosing who hated sports and complained the whole time. Ooh. And it's your turn. And it's my turn. So I would say superpower would be flight. The limitation would be can't leave more than 10 feet off the ground. Uh, The flight being that as I'm flying down some of these trails, I'd love to just have a little bit more clearance in some of that chunk to really make it over. Um, But I don't see any need to really go above 10 feet. It starts getting dangerous if that power were to go away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that one. Uh, That is a very... um, uh, practical limitation. Yeah, right. yeah, let's keep it pretty low. <laughs> yeah, man, Rob, thank you so much. This has been uh, fantastic. Enjoyed learning about you and Nasty Float uh, Shop and man, about One Wheels and everything you've got going on, your vision. I love your vision. Yeah, thank you. Can't wait to see uh, that happen. Uh, and so let me know if I can be helpful in whatever way. Um, I love that, by the way, that you mentioned uh, that it that's economic development too, because frankly, as an economic developer, I feel like the the part that I do is so infinitely it, it's very tiny. Uh, it's the businesses out there that are they're building this community. It's people like you that are building this community and doing the real economic development. So I applaud that. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, and hey, to our listeners, if uh, you enjoyed what you heard from uh, Rob here today, uh, come back again. Listen more uh, to the Bentonville Beacon podcast and uh, watch for more about Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas and our businesses and leaders in this place where you can have more of what you want and less of what you don't. If you're watching on your favorite podcast player, hit that subscribe button and come back to uh, BentonvilleEconomicDevelopment.com for all of our episodes and to learn more about this place. Thanks and see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast. We hope to see you next week.